Strategist Cowboy. Uh, let me just say that uh, I have got a cold. It's not a bad cold, but it's a cold, nevertheless. And uh, it could affect my taste buds and my ability to smell aroma. But I, I'm not sure. I think it will be okay. Today, I am going to review an ale from Maine in the very northeast of the USA. And I am going to put it against a blonde ale from Belgium. The two beers are in review order, 16 counties and 240. Our first contestant this week is the beer assortment, 16 counties from the brewery Alagash in Maine on the East Coast, USA. Alagash is a fairly known beer brewery, at least here in Sweden. The 16 counties beer assortment contains water, barley malt, wheat malt, oats malt, and most likely yeast. There probably is some hop in it too. This particular beer is produced in January this year, 2022. Don't know the expiration date. I purchased this beer in mid-June, 2022. The beer has been standing in my cooler since I purchased it. The can contains about 47 plus centiliters, i.e. 16 liquid ounces, or if you so wish, an American pint. An American pint is less than half a liter. It is an unusual size for a can here in Europe, but it is supposed to be common in the USA. A British pint is more than half a liter. I guess the British look deeper into the glass. The 16 counties can has got a light bluish sky with a green foreground and a yellow wheat field scenery on it. This beer cost me 39 Swedish kronor, i.e. 3 US dollars and 50 cents. That is about 88 cents per four ounces of beer. Oh boy, is the dollar expensive now or what? This beer has got a normal level ABV. The preferred serving temperature for 16 counties is, according to sustainable logic, 8 to 10 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 46 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. That is kind of low for an ale. The brewery says nothing about preferred serving temperature, temperatures. The 16 counties beer assortment has got a 6.5% ABV, 6.5%. How about the experience then?
Yeasty smell, yeasty aroma. It's good. It's got about a two fingers tall head. Very, um, uh, the, the color of this beer is uh, regular. Uh, it's not very feculent. Um, I mean, cloudy. Cloudy is the name for it. Uh, it's not very cloudy. And uh, I can see my fingers through the glass. Blurry, but I can see them. And it's got not so much bubbles on the inside, carbonation bubbles on the inside of the glass. Not so much. Certainly there is hop in it, or hops. Very good. My first impression is that I like this beer. Let's see here. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I can agree with that. Sometimes I look at the can to get a clue. Because it's 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 not easy doing beer reviews live or in real time. Uh, it's not. It's very very difficult, and it's uh, it requires some some sort of courage to do it. I could make a fool of myself, an ass of myself. I don't know, but I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm trying and I've done it for a while. So I think it's uh, going well. Never ha had any complaints. Yes, once, but uh, he was right about one thing. Anyway, the first impression is uh, Hoppiness, very hoppy. It's rich. It's rich. It's a little bit bread like uh, white bread uh, or syrup bread, perhaps. Yeah, syrup bread. Reminds me of a of an IPA beer or an opa beer, an American pale ale or uh, an Indian pale ale. Beer, uh, but uh, it's not, it's a little bit different in taste uh, than most IPA beers I've tried. This is more, this is, it's got character. And I think it's very yeasty. But it might be uh, the hops. Hmm, I don't know. There's a big difference between yeast and hops, but uh, some beers may be more complex than others. So it's difficult to tell exactly what, to discern the tastes, the flavors in the beer. <clears throat> It's uh, not that malty 
it's more hoppy, much more hoppy than malty. I don't sense this, the maltiness in it. If the maybe it's because there's oats in it. What was it? What was in it? It was. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's let's uh, not uh, cheat too much when we review this beer. I'd say that the taste of my palate is uh, hoppiness. It's not uh, really sweet, but it's not dry either. It's somewhere in the middle, kind of exactly in the middle. Uh, let's see. One moment. Sorry. Uh, pardon me. It's uh, it's very hoppy. Not so bitter as it is hoppy, but it's bitter. And uh, it's not candy-like. There's some orange peel fruitiness in it. And I guess it's got some spices. If nothing else, the herbs, that is uh, the, the hoppiness in it. Undertone is, uh, it's smooth. It's smooth, a smooth undertone. On the carbonation level, uh, it must be, it must be fairly high because I, I, uh, I burped twice or three times, but very little of the verb it was. Anyway, uh, I don't know, carbonation level, we'll see later on. It's not creamy, but it's uh, a little bit creamy, actually. I think even though it's uh, very hoppy, it's uh, creamy. Well, it can be both. I think it's, uh, I, I usually don't mention if, um, I, um, I mean, a beer really has to be creamy for me to mention, like uh, Guinness, Guinness, for example. That's a creamy beer. But it's so smooth that it's almost creamy. It's not acidic and there are no aberrations, I think. Every uh, bit of taste in it is supposed to be there. So there are no aberrations. And is it filtered or unfiltered? Well, since it's got uh, this um, yeasty hoppiness in it, I'd say that it's not fully filtered. 
but it's difficult to say. Some filter their beers very hard, some filter it less, and some don't filter at all. I suppose. Uh, let's see here. I don't want to throw in too many flavors or taste tastes in it. Flavors in it, uh, like uh, I don't think they used syrup when they made this beer, but it's got a syrupy. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, The first impression it was syrupy sweet or something. But I doubt they got syrup in it. Syrup is for enhancing or jacking up the ABV level in lager beers, usually. And you shouldn't have syrup in beers. The Danes have a lot of syrup in their beers, but they're not so good. In the 70s, or I mean, in the 80s, when I was young, we had lousy beers in Sweden, very lousy beers. But in Denmark, we thought they they knew how to make beers. In Denmark, of course, Carlsberg, uh, Tuborg, and all those uh, beers. But today, I, I think it's uh, not so good beers they make because they got syrup in their, excuse me, in their lager beers. And that's not good. It's like a punch in the solar plexus on me often. Uh, but I'm diverging. I'm diverging. Um, it's uh, a little honey-like also, I think, this beer. And maybe it's not uh, orange uh, peel in it. Maybe it's tangerine peels. I think so, actually, but uh, for uh, 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 yeah, the taste is between tangerine and orange. I don't know which. I don't know who who um, peels all the oranges and put in the peels in the compote. Compote. I don't know if there's anyone who does that, but uh, I think they use real tangerine and real orange and real uh, lemon peels when they make beers and not chemicals or anything like that. So, uh, but I, I don't know um, how that works. I can't, I can't, uh, I don't have uh, any inside information about how to make good beers or how to make beers in any case. Um, what about grading then? How many tables do I grade this beer? Well, I have, um, okay, let me say that 
I have slightly altered my view on beers, good beers, since I usually uh, thought that APA beers or IPA beers, uh, American pale ales or Indian pale ales, when they were made like I thought they should be made, like a standard recipe, they were the best beers. And But then I recognized that uh, I'll, several of those uh, beers, they strive to make them in a way that makes them not stick out. And I I prefer beers that stick out a little bit, little, little bit more. I prefer them to stick out today. And uh, this just doesn't really stick out, but uh, uh, not very much. A little bit. It's... Uh, original but not original at the same time i think that i have to grade this beer eight tables out of ten possible it's a good review but uh, had i made this review uh, a year ago i would surely have graded it nine tables out of ten possible but i I have altered my view on what a good beer should taste like because I want I want them to discern from each other. I mean, I want to discern them from each other and I want different tastes on beer so that it, it doesn't get boring. I can't drink wine on the same beer for the rest of my life. So... Um, yeah, it's gone 18 minutes for this beer. Let's stop recording and, and uh, go move on to our next uh, beer in the contestion. Thank you, and we'll continue in a second. Our second contestant for this week is the so-called anniversary beer. Juve <clears throat> 40 beer assortment from Duvel. Mordkart Brauerei in Belgium. Tuvel in Flemish means devil. It is not uncommon for beers to associate to the devil. Tuvel Mordkart Brauerei is 150 years of age. So not sure where the 40 in Tuv 40 comes from. Maybe this beer is just a regular and original most common Tuvel beer assortment being celebrated on its 40th anniversary. This beer assortment is not among Systemblaget's regular beer assortments, but Tufel is represented in Systemblaget. Tufel is a quality beer brewery, albeit they are not a Trappist brewery. It makes little difference since it is perfectly possible to brew good beers also for non-monastery breweries except for that it is possible that the price tag is more moderate on Duffel's beers com compared with any Trappist brewery's beers. So is it really a disadvantage to, to not be a Trappist brewery as long as you make good beers? Did you know that the Trappist Association limits their own beer production to some degree? That would imply that if you want to make more money while still producing a good beer, it is better to not be a Trappist brewery. 
Not all wants to become like the monks. By the way, in Flemish and Dutch, the Trappist name is pronounced Trappist, with the emphasis not made on the A, but on the I. The ingredients in the Chouf Blonde, Blonde Ale beer assortment are water, barley malt, sugar, hops, spices, and yeast, it says on the bottle. But I can't find any information on this beer on the brewery's website. The expiration date on this particular beer is August, August 2023. I purchased it very recently in the beginning of October 2022. It has been standing in my cooler since then. The Truth 40 Pale Ale beer assortment comes in a size 33 centiliters, i.e. about 11 liquid ounces bottle of a type often tapped into for quality beers in Belgium. The bottle's shape reminds me of the Michelin guy. The two folded bottle labels are Santa Claus like, with five little follow the leader male and female elf looking cartoon figures on the front label. The Chouf 40 beer assortment cost me 28 Swedish kronor, i.e., two US dollars and 50 cents in June 2022. That is 91 cents. For four ounces of beer. That is not cheap, but cheap is a matter of opinion and wallet thickness. If you only drink two beers a week, then I would say that anything between four dollars and fifty cents up to five plus dollars probably aren't going to break a working class man's back. Whew, it won't break my back. <laughs> I'm not very working class, but anyway. Sustain Bloggett says that the preferred serving temperature on this beer is 8 to 10 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 46 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. The brewery says nothing about preferred serving temperatures. The Chouf 40 Blonde Ale beer assortment has got a 5.6% ABV. 5.6% ABV. How about the experience then? I, uh, I'm, I have a cold, but I don't think it's a very distinct, strong uh, flavor on it. I mean, uh, aroma on it. Let's see when I pour it up. It's got a three, three fingers tall head. It's, uh, I can see my fingers through the glass, but barely. It's yellowish in color. It's not very cloudy, but it's a little bit cloudy. I can see my fingers. I see them better, them better now. So, well, almost as good as uh, the former beer.
the first impression well. Well, I can sense that it's, it, it, it is a Belgian beer. Let's see. Yeah. It's fairly rich. Um, I, I don't uh, think the aroma is very super, but this, uh, yeah, the first impression is. Uh, It's not a bad beer. Uh, I, uh, it's got character. And it's fairly rich, as I said. It's, it's a bread light, let's see. I don't think so. It's a little bit juicy and malty, I think. The taste of my palate. I've tried Belgian beers with this taste on my palate before, but I can't discern what the taste is. And it's got four fingers tall head now, as I pour up a little bit more. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Is it sweet or dry? Not very dry. More sweet than dry, or a little bit more sweet than dry. It's not very bitter. I'm not very hoppy either. Is it candy-like? Uh, perhaps, yeah. Like that old time candy your grandmother used to feed you. If you're 50 plus years of age. Uh, <clears throat> it's not very fruity. There are spices in it. Maybe it's a, a typical Belgian spice that makes this beer, I recall 
I remind, it reminds me of other Belgian beers, some of them at least. But, uh, well, I don't know what the, the taste is. What? The undertone is a little bit queer, to, to say. But it, it's still a good beer. The combination level is, I think it's high. It's not really creamy. It's not really acidic either. But there are some aberrations. But whatever it is that the Belgians like so much, because it's not the first time I come across this taste. It's a little bit odd. And if it's an aberration or not, I don't know. I can't discern the taste of it. It's a little bit... Uh, or as I said. Banana taste, it's got banana taste, but it's not only, it's not just banana taste. Maybe they have tampered with the yeast trees. It's very possible actually, by going by the taste. In Germany, they do it all the time. Half of their beers are they have tempered with the yeast trees uh, on it. And it's not good. I don't like it. I wish for more natural beer tastes. But as I said, this beer is good until uh, what was the, it was uh, August 2023. And it's October 2022 now. And I, uh, Yeah, so uh, one moment, excuse me, uh, well, what about grading then, is it filtered, one moment, is it filtered or unfiltered, I think they have tampered with the yeast trees. I think it's filtered too. But not uh, not 100%. What about grading then? Uh, I have to grade this pair seven devils out of 10 possible. Uh, and uh, I don't know if that is because uh, I have lowered my expectations or ra raised the bar uh, for beers. I don't know. Uh, anyway, seven devils out of ten possibility is what it gets. And uh, don't tamper with the yeast strings, breweries. Absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines, military or civilian. Drink responsibly or not at all. Don't drink at all if you're underage or pregnant.
This week's lesson I call China's Grand Slam, Occupy Taiwan and South Korea. In the online news channel South China Morning Post, or rather in the likely online disinformation channel South China Morning Post, a Chinese retired Air Force general spoke about the Chinese not being up to invading Taiwan anytime soon. According to South China Morning Post, the Air Force General is, quote, seen as a hawkish voice in China, end quote. This so-called newsflash was from the 4th of May in 2020. Well, they didn't invade back then. Not that they didn't want to. The article doesn't sneak around the bushes unnecessarily much, though it does say that it is, quote, too costly to take back Taiwan by force, end quote, which isn't necessarily true. But the article also clearly stated somewhere in there that, quote, his, the Chinese Air Force general, that is, remarks come amid rising nationalistic sentiment with calls for Beijing to take action on the self-ruled island, end quote. What is unclear, as in a fog of war, is, of course, that Chao Liang, i.e. the Air Force General, says, quote, the focus should be on achieving a good life for all Chinese, end quote. The truth is that the focus for the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, right now is on achieving absolute control down to installing cameras, cameras in the people's private toilet seats. I have read somewhere that the surveillance state in China costs more money to keep going than the whole of PLA, People's Liberation Army, which includes the naval forces, the air force, the space force, and the strategic forces. So what do the CCP want? It started out as a simple territorial dispute. CCP claims that Taiwan is a part of China and that the name Taiwan is not the name of a state, that the name doesn't exist even. They call Taiwan the self-ruled island. Taiwan claims that China is actually a part of Taiwan for political reasons, dating back to before Mao Zedong's power grab. But it is actually the Taiwanese being cocky, as they are David in David and Goliath. Most likely the CCP aimed to possess Taiwan's and South Korea's semiconductor 
industry. If they can achieve that, they will control at least three quarters of the semiconductor market around the world. And they will have a great bargaining chip for the future. No pun intended. Or if they prefer, they could beat the living daylight out of the US and Europe. In particular, it would mean that they won't have to gather military strength in the Indian Ocean and the Persian Gulf, which isn't in the cards for the CCP, since they don't have the reach with naval forces right now. It doesn't even appear as if they are aiming for that capacity at all, and therein lies the proof of their strategic goals. They are not going to stop with just invading Taiwan. That is why Taiwan and Japan are forging a close alliance with economic implications as well as political implications. Taiwan as a country was like several other countries in East Asia occupied by Japan in World War II. But there was little internal resistance to the occupation. Taiwan probably had the most collaborators of any Japanese occupied territory in East Asia at the time. This mirrored the friendly relationship with Japan. A gigantic Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturer, TSMC, is planning to open up a division in Japan in 2023 to supply Sony with semiconductors. This is a giveaway which can only lead us to the conclusion that Japan is not to be duped. They know that Taiwan is so much more to the Chinese than just an incentive to retake a lost territory. Albeit, China has continuously been sending the message to the US that their butt hurts because, of suits, because it suits their agenda. Japan is reportedly building a military base on the Japanese island of Ishigaki, which is located less than 140 miles from Taiwan. What kind of base remains to be disclosed? But Japan will deploy both anti-ship missiles and air defense missiles between the end of 2022 and March 2023. There are only three beach strips in Taiwan that the Chinese military force, PLA, can do a beach landing at. But they can airdrop airborne troops and materiel and fly in special forces with helicopters. Japan has no other choice than to play hardball. The CCP in Beijing seeks to coerce the whole region into submission and gobble up the whole trade route to the Persian Gulf, India and Europe. Here are some of my sources for this lesson. Japan is reported to remove Taiwan from China map in defense white paper by Taiwan News. And in a warning to China, Japan's new strategy paper mentions Taiwan for the first time by Forbes. And 
Japan's deputy defense minister says, Taiwan must be protected as a democratic country by CNN. And there are a couple of other sources on the internet as well, like the YouTube channel Visual Politic and one Chinese CCP biased news source called Coronavirus Pandemic. Yes, that is what they call their channel. Thank you and see you later, alligator at a wild crocodile. Mm -hmm.